what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Before we get to the podcast, I want to share the story of three young women who are carving their own path in the beverage industry. They started a company called Spiritless. Their first product is called Kentucky 74, and it's a non-alcoholic bourbon. You can use it as the base for so many delicious mocktails or drink it by itself on the rocks. What I like to do is go halvesies, meaning you mix it with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail. I put a little honey, cinnamon, and an orange slice, and it is truly delicious. If you'd like to enjoy an evening cocktail with no guilt, you can use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For, the podcast, where we meet the world's most innovative and fascinating minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Phil Rosenthal. Like everything in life, it's better when we cross-pollinate. Yes. Right? Like everything. People are that way. Uh, Food is that way. Culture is that way. Phil Rosenthal created and produced one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. Everybody loves Raymond. He is now the creator and host of Somebody Feed Phil, where he travels the globe in search of delicious dishes and destinations. In this episode of To Dine for the Podcast, I travel to Phil's favorite restaurant of all time, Republique in Los Angeles, to hear his amazing journey in Hollywood and what has him hungry for more these days. Please enjoy my interview with Phil Rosenthal. Today I'm in Los Angeles, California, on my way into a restaurant called Republique, a French-American bakery and cafe. I know I'm in good hands because the person who chose this as their favorite restaurant knows where to find a great meal anywhere in the world. I can't wait for you to meet Phil Rosenthal. Phil, how are you? It is so nice to meet you. Let me give you an elbow. I love meeting you. Thank you for doing this. It's my absolute pleasure. This is such a joy. Phil Rosenthal is walking me into one of his absolute favorite restaurants. So this is, I think, one of the best restaurants maybe in the country. Really? Yeah. A restaurant with a story as fascinating and unique as Phil himself. Republique is a timeless Hollywood success story all its own. Built in 1928, the original owner was none other than Charlie Chaplin. His offices were right here. The building was later taken over by famed baker Nancy Silverton, who opened La Brea Bakery and later Campanile. 
The ambiance is very special and it's in a place that I don't think could be recreated. This building is so special. The building is a mix of old Hollywood and standout LA dining, an architectural marvel with exposed brick and a massive skylight that allows natural sunlight to stream through the building. The open and lively kitchen is the heart of it all. We're so appreciative and so lucky to be here because the draw that Los Angeles has from all the farms in Northern California, Southern California, it's all around us and we have the ability to create something very special here. Now, under the helm of Chef Walter Mansky and his wife Margarita, Republique is a come as you are, prepared to be wowed, sun up to sunset dining experience. With decadent and artfully prepared pastries and pies, sumptuous croissants, and to die for chocolate cake, it is a destination. As the sun sets in LA, Republique transforms into fine dining with Chef Walter's 12 course tasting menu. We believe in hospitality at a high level, which is part of the fine dining aspect. So we always want to make sure that every person that comes into this building enjoys it and wants to come back. On today's menu is kimchi fried rice and the signature Republic burger. Then a few decadent surprises for dessert. We're right next to Koreatown and we've been told many times by Koreans that they've come through Koreatown to come here to have kimchi fried rice. Look how nice, it's all set up just for us. Just for us, exactly. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and we get it. to eat. And we get to take this off, oh, which is good. great. It is the perfect place to sit down yes. with writer, producer, and TV host Phil Rosenthal to hear about his storied Hollywood career and what has him really hungry these days. Let me ask you, of all the restaurants in Los Angeles that yes. you could have taken me to, yes. why Republique? I was once asked, if you could have breakfast, lunch, and dinner in one place the rest of your life, where would it be? It's a tough and question. It, well, it, it, I said, a restaurant or a place, <laughs> like a country, there's a restaurant. And I thought and thought and thought, and it's this, it's Republic. Really? Wow, I feel so honored to be here then. Because of this. Breakfast, the best. Lunch, the best. Dinner, the, the best. best. Serious. And it's very varied and very thick. Here comes one of my favorite people. Because Welcome. look what he's bringing Hi. us. I have no idea what we're having. This is all surprises. Oh, this Tell is us what it is. Kimchi fried rice. Kimchi fried rice. Come on. Ah! So already you're getting L.A. in a bowl. Yes. The Korean influence, right? The California produce influence, right? And the chefiness of it. Chef Walter was saying that people drive through Koreatown to come here for this fried rice. You know, he's not Korean, but he lives right next to Koreatown. Yeah. Watch this. Hello, people. Hello. Oh. The runny egg. Come up, look at wow. the color of that egg. Yeah. See, so that's. You don't get that every day. No, so that's California. You ready for it? I'm Here ready we go. for it. I want to see your face. Okay, let's, let's do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's creamy. It's comforting. It's a little spicy. It's everything. It is everything in a bowl. Like everything in life, it's better when uh, we cross-pollinate. Yes. Right? Like yes. everything. People are that way. Uh, food is that way. Culture is that way. Phil Rosenthal was born in Queens to a middle-class Jewish family, the oldest of two boys. 
As a kid, he fell in love with acting, joined the drama club in high school, and performed in school plays. After graduating from Hofstra University, he wanted to make a go of it as an actor. The moment when you first see your name, that you made the, the thing, and this applies to football, baseball, to any, you made the cut. You made the cut. Right? Mm -hmm. I believe that we chase that feeling the rest of our lives. Mm. Nothing feels like that. Mm. The first time you see your name, in the, in the thing that you want to be accepted in. You, you're validated in some way. You say, someone gives you the thumbs up and says, yes, it's you. Maybe I have a purpose. Yeah. Maybe I have a reason. Maybe I'm accepted by this group I so desperately want to be mm. part of, That's right? Good. That's good. And so we chase that feeling. It's like in uh, Ratatouille. At the <laughs> end of movie. Ratatouille, the critic who's very negative the whole time, he tastes that ratatouille and flashes back to childhood. Mm -hmm. That's not only one of the best food moments in the history of movies, that's one of the best moments in, in Cinema. cinematic history, yeah. I think, yeah. right? Because that return to childhood is, is what we crave. Yeah. We'll have more from our delicious meal in just a minute, but first, thank you to our sponsors. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you, so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to our conversation. So when you decided to embark on a career as a as an actor, as a writer, as a producer. Yeah. Um, where did that come from? Did that come from wanting to continue the comedy that you saw in your own childhood and your own life and with your mom and dad and brother? When I attempted it and, and attempted to make, let's say, my parents laugh or their friends laugh yeah. in an effort to stay up later mm -hmm. and maybe get some cake. Right. Uh, that was that validation. So, mm -hmm. so oh, I'm getting laughs. Getting laughs feels good. Right. I want to keep doing that. And I see that people are happy. Right. What if you could have a job where you made people happy? Yeah. That's a good job. Yeah. So I thought that's what I'm going to be. Wow. And I decided that early on. Right. I didn't know in what capacity. I just thought, be funny. After college, Phil lived in New York and tried to make it as an actor. His many, many auditions and many rejections taught him something crucial. I couldn't even get an agent. I, couldn't, I didn't have the stomach for them. Yeah. A lot of rejection. Oh, rejection. rejection it's yeah. the opposite of seeing your name on the thing. <laughs> right. He's not seeing your name on the thing. With rejection after rejection, Phil saw an opportunity to create the very kind of production that he wanted to be a part of. 
to create roles he wasn't getting. Some friends of mine and I wrote a show for ourselves to be in. And that was successful. And that was a transition. What was the name of that? That was a show called uh, Tony and Tina's Wedding. If Phil had learned anything, it was he had to create his own opportunities. And he had to do it while struggling to make ends meet. I took many odd jobs in New York while trying to struggle and make it as an actor. And one of the jobs I had was I was a security guard at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. No, you weren't. I was. Were you really? I was. I would be like, I would be like, down the hall and to the left, down the hall and to the left, right? Please don't touch the art. Please don't touch the art. I did get cast in a play or two. And one time, I was in a play, and I barely had enough time to do rehearsals, do the shows at night, and then go to work at the museum from midnight to 8 in the morning. Here's what's not good about that. I was 21 years old, mm -hmm. and I thought I could stay up. Oh, you fell asleep. On the third night, I fell asleep. But where did I fall asleep? On a 300-year-old bed in an art gallery. <laughs> it was part of an exhibit. I remember finishing my route for that hour and looking over at the bed. That's the last thing I remember. And then at 5 a.m., the entire museum staff was looking <laughs> for the guard that didn't return to his post. Oh where is he? Well, he's asleep on the art. Yes, so I was fired. Mm -hmm. It was humiliating. Mm -hmm. It was a low point in my life. This but you, was before Tony. You understood why before. you were fired. It was, at least you could at least you could fathom it. It's hard to argue. Right, it's hard to argue. My walkie-talkie is here, my keys are here, <laughs> a little drool on the pillow. It's not nice. But Phil filed away that funny and embarrassing story and years later used it as part of a script he wrote for a sitcom. That bad day at work launched his Hollywood writing career and taught him something crucial. Now, cut to yes. eight years later, mm -hmm. moved to Hollywood. I want to get into sitcom writing. I have a partner. We have to write a sample script. What should we write about? Well, there's a show on called Roseanne. I said, what if John Goodman's character, her husband, got a second job at night at the museum? and he fell asleep on a 300-year-old bed. We write that script. We get hired immediately. Really? People go, what an imagination. You can take your terrible things that happen to you. You never know where the story will be, where something good might come out of that bad thing that happened to you. It could be years later. It could be a, in a way that you never imagined. I never imagined that that would be good for anything. I just thought I was a putz and then would never work again. That's what I thought. But that's, that's everything. This looks amazing. We're each getting our own? I was going to share. Ooh, wow. Oh my God, this is happiness. Oh. This is the best, I'm saying it. Yeah, please say it. The best restaurant burger in LA, if not America. The Signature Republic Burger is a classic take on the American burger with dry-aged grass-fed beef lettuce, tomato, Thousand Island dressing, and a bun from the Republic Bakery, known for truly to die for pastries, pies, brioches, and baguettes. The result is the perfect storm of bun to burger ratio. What he's done is an idealized Big Mac in a way, where every ingredient is the best it could possibly be. Incredible. But it's gonna taste, it's gonna remind you that comforty Big Mac that you had when you were 10. Yes. 
This is my enemy, the French fry. Because always wins, right? This looks incredible. This looks incredible. Yeah. It's all yours. I'm doing it. Look at you, first you go, of all. Go, go, oh my god, look at those juices. Juicy and nice. Oh, so good. Mm. Wow! Come on! Oh my gosh! Just do it. Mm. Right? Game over. Come on, right? This is fantastic. Why do you think everybody loves Raymond with such a success? First of all, you have to—you have to. If you're making a sitcom, it has to be funny. We understand mm -hmm. that funny is job one. Okay, mm -hmm. so. I could give that as my answer. People thought it was funny. Right. But to have it be so successful, like we were so lucky, mm -hmm. it's like hitting the jackpot over and over. Mm -hmm. But why? What was that ingredient? Right. What was it that makes it, there's funny things and then there's this. Right. Relatability. Really? Yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond was a family sitcom that became a bona fide hit. Filmed in front of a live studio audience with nine seasons and 210 episodes, the everyday happenings of a family on Long Island won the hearts of America and is considered one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. Phil approached this show by trying to capture the funny moments of real family drama. He says that's what makes each episode sing. Everything you saw on that show, every story happened to me or to Ray or to one of the other writers. If you work for me, I would say, go home, get in a fight with your spouse, come back in and tell me about it. <laughs> and write it down. And, and, then, and then we'd have a show. Wow. And people, the number one compliment we would get is you were listening outside our house ah, last night. That's how you knew it was going to be successful, that other because people we experienced were they, it. And, and what I realized was the more specific you get in your writing, the more universal it becomes. The more specific, the, the more, more specific, universal. Not the vague. Ah, interesting. Not like don't put too many details because people won't relate to it. It's the exact opposite. Put as many details as you can because we all deal in specifics. Yours may not be mine, but you're going to relate to a specific of mine like I need to dip only this much of the french fry in because uh, if it goes to here, I, it's too much, right? Patrick mm -hmm. crazy. I'm sorry, I can't. I never doubled it. Right? Okay. Double dip, you have your own ketchup. Of course, but that could be an, uh, an OCD, neurotic, right, whatever. Right. So you might think that's crazy and weird, but you understand it because you have a crazy thing. Uh, when you look at the writing, the producing, the creating, what part of the entertainment industry is most filled? I think the best use of me mm -hmm. is directing. Mm. If we're talking about the sitcom yeah. world. And right? why do you say that? Uh, because of the education I had in college, where I thought I was just going in to learn how to act. But they force you to take all the other things. My mm -hmm. joke was always, I forced me to take all these things I knew I'd never use, English. Right. <laughs> but I learned about play analysis, what mm -hmm. makes a good play, mm -hmm. what makes a good story, mm -hmm. what, how to direct mm -hmm. a, a play. Mm -hmm. All these things factored into what makes a showrunner. But the thing I felt best at was the ability to look at a scene and fix it, and know how to stage it, and know how to make it work. It also saved us time, because on a lot of shows that I worked on, you'd see a problem with the scene, the writers would go back to the room, 
and rewrite the whole scene when all that needed to be said was, you know, if you stand next to her, that's going to work. Wow. So your ability to see big picture, to see how it's going to be edited down the road and what needs to be done to make everything move faster is really yes. what you're good at. Yes, I understood that. Mm -hmm. uh, now, yeah. jump to somebody feed Phil. I'm using everything I learned about how to make a show and every aspect of show business. Mm -hmm. Somebody Feed Phil is now in its fourth season on Netflix. Phil takes viewers around the world in pursuit of delicious food and incredible travel experiences with his own dose of humor. Oh! Hello! The Feeding Week. It's run by Tracy, who goes by Just Tracy. Now, why Just Tracy? You're too good to be just anything. You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep my humble roots. From now on, you're not... Just Tracy. You're Tracy! Tracy! Exclamation mark. Tracy, exclamation You're mark. Tracy the musical. Phil is always dreaming of his next travel adventure. He brings his brother Rich to produce, and his family too, as he globetrots around the world, looking for something delicious to eat and a powerful connection to make. After the yeah. massive success of Everybody Loves Raymond, yeah. there had to have been a period of time of introspection, of thought, of what do I do next? And yes. how did you go from what do I do next to somebody feed Phil and let's do a food show? Yeah, again, it was a time of struggle. It's mm. never easy. Mm. There people who think, oh, we did Raymond, so they just gave him a food show. Right. It took 10 years yeah. to get this show. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because what do they want from me? They want a sitcom again, yeah. the business. Right. By the way, I love every aspect of show business, all these things that I just mentioned I love. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about show business is the business. <laughs> really? Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing that gets in the way of you right. doing the show part right. of show right. business. Right. It's the business. It's the greatest job in the world. Yeah. I'm the luckiest person you're ever going to meet. That's and you, how I feel. But you created it. Some people will think that you'd, someone tapped you on the shoulder and said, Phil, you should do this. Yeah. But they, to reverse engineer what you've done yes. is you had to go out and love it and do it and be it for it to happen. Secret. That's the secret of life. We all have to do that. Mm. You know, I tell my kids, mm. if they want to go into show business, you got to, like, we wrote a show for ourselves to be in. That's how you do it. I don't know any other way. I tried the other ways. Believe me, I would stand on the corner and just wait for somebody to say, hey, you, you look good. Come Didn't over happen, here. did it? Didn't happen. <laughs> yes, we would like that to be the truth, but it's not. Does it happen sometimes? Yeah, I guess if you look like... George Clooney, it may happen. I don't. <laughs> so you got to make your own way, people. You got to make your own luck in this yes. world. Yes, I love that. That is such really, really good advice. It really is. Here's the best advice I ever got. Mm -hmm. It was from a showrunner when I was writing the pilot for Raymond. I asked this great old showrunner mm -hmm. any advice, and he said, Yes, do the show you want to do because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway. <laughs> we all get canceled one day. Or live the life you want to live because you're going to die anyway. That's exactly mm -hmm. it. So that applies to everything. Yeah. Do the show you want to do. And Phil certainly is doing the show he wants to do, on screen and in real life. Traveling from Lisbon to Singapore to Seoul to Chicago. Viewers see it all through the eyes of Phil's lens, taking in delicious food and incredible travel experiences along the way. His brother, Rich, pushing him and convincing him to get out of his comfort zone and do crazy, ridiculous things for the camera. Phil's expression usually telling the whole story. 
So what do you hope to accomplish with Somebody Feed Phil? What is the big vision for that show? Very simple. I want to get you to travel. Really? And the most wonderful thing that travel does for a person, which is changes your perspective on life, mm -hmm. right? Changes your whole point of view. It's, it's priceless. It is. There's nothing like travel to, right. to really you be, who you become. Yes. It's who you become, not what you do or where you go. It's who you exactly become. Exactly right. Yeah. That's perfectly said. Yeah. Everyone who goes is an ambassador. I tell everybody, as soon as you can travel, travel because we need you to be an ambassador. Right. Just by you being half nice, <laughs> you're a great ambassador for where you come from, right? And I'm not just talking about your country, but your, your, your town, your family, yourself. We're all ambassadors when we go out in the world. And that can happen even in your own town. Don't forget, mm -hmm. you represent. Mm -hmm. You represent your people. You well, represent yourself. What I love about you is your ability to just be in the moment. You don't care if you embarrass yourself or something's funny or Lighten quirky. Lighten up, people. <laughs> Lighten up. We're all human. Yeah. By the way, test of a good French fry. Still good when it's cold. Yeah, this is delicious. Right? This is so delicious. I love that you took me to this restaurant because <laughs> I feel like it's a toast to Hollywood with uh -huh. the Charlie Chaplin history, yes. and it's a toast to great food yes. with La Brea. I feel That's like right. you know the two of them together, and the and you with food and Hollywood. I, I I don't know if you that much thought went into this, but wow, this is the perfect spot. Here's the thought that went into it. I live five minutes from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't get more fun than having lunch with Phil Rosenthal. He is a kindred spirit with his love of food and travel. What amazes me most about this fun and whimsical man is his desire to entertain, connect, his innate sense of what's funny. You might not have a tight-knit Jewish family like Phil, but somehow he feels like family. He wanted to be an actor, but didn't get the opportunities he wanted, so he created them on his own. A born entertainer, who finds delight in bringing people and cultures together over food. And boy, does he know what's delicious. Game over. Yes, in any city, anywhere, you can bet I'll have what Phil's having, too. This has been awesome. Thank You're you awesome. Thank you I love this. being with you. Talk to me about doing so much eating. I get yeah. this question a lot too. Yes. Doing so much eating yeah. and staying so true. Yes, yes. You know how they make a dog food commercial? Yeah. They don't feed the dog until the commercial. <laughs> so today I know I'm going to eat with you on To Dine For. I didn't eat. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National and Spiritless. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.